Hello, everybody, and it's Sunday, Sunday evening, and welcome to another edition of Butch on Sports. Simply Butch is here, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed your weekend, including your Sunday. I had an exhilarating weekend myself here, and um, I'm willing to discuss that with you. At least part of it, that is. Uh, uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Yes, indeed. Give you some sports news that, yes, I know you just can't get enough of and then some. Let's um, talk about the Detroit Lions first. Some happy news here. You know, after coughing up a lot of good wins here in the last Three, three weeks, not including this past Saturday, the Lions were below themselves there, making all kinds of mistakes in a period of four games. You know, let's include the four games before, again, Saturday. They coughed up about nine turnovers, a streak that shouldn't be had. Jared Goff was responsible for at least seven of them. However, he bounced back. Yes, Jared Goff did bounce back with five touchdown passes to lead the Lions over the Denver Broncos by a final score of 42-17 to for their first 10-game winning season since 2014. The Lions will move one step closer to clinching a playoff spot with a big offensive contribution from their third-year wide receiver, Armand St. Ron Brown. He played one spectacular game there, indeed. And we'll go over that in a moment here. Rookies just came to play. Jamar Gibbs, uh, Sam Laporta. Blanche, he on defense, played a one heck of a game there. And some adjustments that were made on the defense for him to be a little bit more noticeable there. Laborda, he caught three touchdown passes, set a new franchise mark for rookie tight ends in the season, catching nine touchdown passes, while Gibbs also finished with 11 carries. Well, guess this, boys and girls, and I talked about it last week. 100 yards and a touchdown, plus a receiving touchdown as well. 100 rushing touchdown. Rushing yards, I should say. Montgomery wasn't bad either. He got 89 with the amount of carries he had, which was a very high average indeed. 89 yards rushing. The Lions is just one win away from raising their first ever NFC North banner at Ford Field and playing their first ever playoff game at Ford Field as well. So let's go over this here right quick here. Last week I was livid with some of the things I said and were basically also true. Let's start off with the defense. Defense just was not producing. So, what they did with Blanche was they moved him to a nickelback. A nickelback is the fifth back in in the backfield that basically you can use for blitzing as well as coverage. 
and the Lions did one fantastic job. That also gives the Lions the fact of getting on top of the receivers and beating the slop out of them for five yards before they hit out there and try to catch a pass. They did one outstanding job on that. They were more physical. Safeties, cornerbacks, they were physical. And that really set a tone for Denver and what they had to do on offense there. Not too much. They cut out a lot of stuff there. On offense, I talked about the running game. Well, the Lions running game was, to me, very, very good. The week before, if you average out the running total for both Montgomery and Gibbs, they're about 6.6 yards per carry. That's unheard of. That's an average that you could just take to the bank. And you continue to feed them. That's a lot of first downs. The Lions did that in this particular game. The total rushing yards were 242 rushing yards. Come on now, kids. That's a recipe for some good home cooking. And when I say home cooking, the Lions getting their first opportunity of getting in the playoffs, being able to do their thing at home, a home game. Wouldn't that make everyone in Detroit excited and then some? I tell you, this game was, to me, the best game they played this season, bar none. And it was on national TV, which they call national TV, and I I don't say it's national TV. The NFL Network carried the game. Although, being that it's a Detroit team, one of the local stations was able to pick that up, which was Fox 2. We saw one heck of a game. I enjoyed one heck of a game traveling all the way down to Ford Field and not seeing people hold their head down on a Saturday night. People were happy. I mean, happy. 42 to 17, I think people spent the night downtown. They didn't want to go home. They want to talk Lions, 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 and playoff, playoff, playoffs. Here's the scenario, and I inadvertently put on the <laughs> Facebook, and I apologize for doing so. The Lions going to the playoffs. In my regards, they are going to the playoffs. The Lions need to have some support from Seattle. If Seattle tomorrow night lose to Philadelphia, the Lions are automatically in the playoffs. Plain and simple. The Lions next week, if they beat Minnesota, they will win the North, NFC North, and can raise a banner in Ford Field. They will be the division champions, which also gives them some credence. And some good credence at that. You know, sometimes I get on my soapbox only time because I see things that, I don't know, as a football player and as a, a, a reporter and very observant, I don't like to say things that are just not true and not capable. But the Detroit Lions was capable of all of that last week when I talked about the poor way they were doing business. And I don't know what happened behind the scenes. 
but something good happened there because they showed their rear end on TV and and in person if you were at the game like myself and enjoyed the game from top to bottom. Yes, that first quarter was um, a little tricky there. However, in the final analysis, the Detroit Lions made everybody happy. Again, here's the deal. If Seattle lose to Philadelphia tomorrow night on Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions are in the playoffs, regardless. If Detroit does their job and go in Minnesota and beat Minnesota, and they have two times to do it, they will win the division as well. So there you have it, boys and girls, all in a little, wrapped in a little basket here. They got to do their job. But again, it's going to be tough. Minnesota, Dallas, and then at home for the final game of the season, Minnesota. It's going to be a grand time in Detroit oh, down the road apiece. Damian Lillard scored 33 points. Bobby Porter's had a season-high 31, and the Bucks beat the crap out of the Detroit Pistons by a final score of 146-114. On Saturday night, to hand the Pistons their 23rd consecutive loss. I watched the game on Friday, boys and girls. I watched them playing the Philadelphia 76ers with the history on the line because that was the record that they tied. It was very unwatchable. The whole doggone game. 21 turnovers. Their season second highest total of this season and resulting in the most sloppiest game I ever saw. No defense was played, sloppy ball handling and passing. And a lot of that has to do with the coaching of the Detroit Pistons. He has to take a mulligan on that one. And I'll give him one. But he has to clean that on up. The money that the Detroit Pistons offered this man was ridiculous. For someone who has a, supposed to have a reputation of being able to deal with the players and bringing the best out of them. Monty has to do a better job. And his coaching staff have to do a better job as well. Now, I don't know if they're trying to flop the season or whatever it may be, but that's on the general manager and the owner who has been non-existent through this whole doggone situation here. And it's funny because the owner would somewhat, I would somewhat be disturbed of paying for something that's not profitable to the home team Detroit Pistons unless he has something else in mind. So the next time he's in <laughs> Little Caesars Arena throwing shirts in the crowd and whatnot like he's having a good time, I can't believe it. Pistons stink. Okay, let's move on. He already the steps in. By the way, uh, NBA legend uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar he fell and broke his hip at a concert on Friday night in Los Angeles, according to multiple reports. 
the 76 year old career after Jabbar will undergo so went undergo he undergo went surgery on Saturday night. At TMZ was the first with the news citing the statement from Abdul Jabbar's longtime business partner Deborah Morales. It's unclear what uh, Abdul Jabbar was attending. I don't know. They didn't mention last night why he was uh, attending the concert. I don't know what kind of concert, a private one or whatever it may be. He accidentally fell and broke his hip. He will have surgery today. Morales said that, which was Saturday, by the way, there. And I have not heard any results or any, any reports on how that surgery went. So we'll keep abreast of that, boys and girls. And by the way, Teddy Bridgewater, which is the backup quarterback for the Detroit Lions, told Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press this week that he plans to retire after the season's over to coach high school football and focus on his two sons there. 31 years old is uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who's in his 10th season after being Jared Goff's backup. He's from Louisville, Kentucky, or should I say the University of Louisville, where he did his bidding and was a doggone good quarterback there. It means only taking up one uh, play per season. He only had one play, and that's kneeling down, closing out a week five win over the Carolina Panthers. But whatever it comes down to, Teddy Bridgewater has been a mentor to Herndon, our uh, rookie quarterback that we did draft it, and also hopefully been a very good doggone plus to Jared Goff and the team. And we wish him well in this endeavors after the season over, which we hope is extended for quite some time. Moving right along to Detroit Red Wings, Alex uh, Lyons stopped 14 or 15 shots before he had to exit the game at the 6-10 mark of the second period. He appeared to be in discomfort after making an impressive twisting save. Lions were helped off the ice, replaced by fellow goaltender Villa Willy or Willy or Willy Huso, who made 18 saves in relief and no goals. However, Detroit Red Wings lost to the Philadelphia Flyers by a score of one to zip on Saturday night. Red Wings will play the the Ducks. Yes, the Anaheim Ducks, Mighty Ducks, Monday night at um, Little Caesars Arena. Yes, they will. They will do that. <sighs> well, not be too much action in high school sports this week. The kids get a week off or some pleasurable week off and getting the studies together before they get that long weekend off of no school. But a lot of doggone holiday tournaments will be done. So those kids deserve it. You know, again, get out there and support those children. They could be doing a lot of hateful things. But they choose to play sports, to balance their scholastic. And boy, oh boy, get out there and support them, boys. And you adults out there who are in the stands, behave yourself. And be good sports. That reflects on our children as well. By the way, I promise you guys some goodies here about the bowl games. Since the 16th of this month, which started yesterday, the bowl game season started. 
Right now, three, four, five, six, seven, seven bowl games have been played so far. And that was on the 16th. That was yesterday. However, I'll give you the results of, not no results, but the upcoming bowl games. On the 18th, it's the famous Toastier Bowl. That's in Charlotte, North Carolina, Western Kentucky versus Old Dominion. On the 19th, yes, the Scooter Coffee Frisco Bowl. That's in Fresco, Texas, UTSA, or University of Texas at San Antonio versus Marshall. The RoofClaim.com Boca Recon Bowl from Boca Recon, Florida. USF against Syracuse. Oh, boy. The Union Home Mortgage uh, Gasparini Bowl, which Georgia Tech and UCF will take part in in Tampa, Florida. Wait, there's more, boys and girls. I got more for you. On December 23rd, the Camellia Bowl, Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois in Montgomery, Alabama. Same date on the 23rd. Uh, the Birmingham Bowl, Troy versus Duke in Birmingham, Alabama. Same day on the 23rd, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Yes, there's James Madison against Air Force at Fort Worth, Texas. Same day on the 23rd. Boy, the 23rd got a lot of bowls there. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Georgia State versus Utah. Some of these names are cracking me up here. Same day on the 23rd. What was the, the 68th Venture Bowl in South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan. Yes, Eastern Michigan's in a bowl. That's in Mobile, Alabama. The 23rd of December. Yes, boy, we, we're getting down to the 23rd of December. A lot of bowls on that particular day. On the Saturday, this Saturday, you... Can't be bored. The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Utah versus Northwestern. That's at Las Vegas, Nevada. Also on the 23rd, the Easy Port Hawaiian Bowl. Coastal Carolina versus San Antonio State in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, we give a little break here to the 26th. That'll be on a Tuesday. The Quick Lane Bowl, you, I know you can't wait, and Detroit, Michigan at Fort Field, Bowling Green against Minnesota. Same day on the 26th, the Serb Pro First Responder Bowl, Texas State versus Rice in Dallas, Texas. 26th, again, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. This is in Phoenix, Arizona, Kansas versus UNLV. On the 27th, yes, we move on off that date, the 27th, the Military a bowl presented by GoBowling.com. Virginia Tech versus Tulane in Annapolis, Maryland. The Duke Mayo Bowl. That's that, mayo, that, that mayonnaise that you find in the supermarkets. They got a bowl. On the 27th of December, North Carolina against West Virginia in Charlotte, North Carolina. Also on that date, the DirecTV Holiday Bowl, Louisville versus USC in San Diego, California. Still on that date, the 27th, the Tax, a Tax Acts Texas Bowl. 
That's Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State in Houston, Texas. We'll move on down to the 28th Boys and Girls and the Wasabi Fenway Bowl at Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. SMU versus Boston College. The Bad Boy Moore Pinstripe Bowl. That's a good one. What a name, huh? Rutgers against Miami in the Bronx, New York. Yes, and they'll be playing at Yankee Stadium. The Pop-Tart Bowl. And this is one where you the winner gets to eat a live Pop-Tart. Uh, North Carolina State versus Kansas State, and that's in Orlando, Florida. That's This is getting to me here, boys and girls. The Real Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, Texas, Arizona versus Oklahoma. That's on the 28th, by the way. On December 29th, the Tax Slayer uh, Gator Bowl. Clemson versus Kentucky in Jacksonville, Florida. Also on the 29th of December, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Oregon State versus Notre Dame in El Paso, Texas. Same date, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Memphis and Iowa State in Memphis, Tennessee. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, Missouri against Ohio State. That's on the 29th in Arlington, Texas. You better believe you know where that's going to be in there. And Jerry's House. On the 30th, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia. Ole Miss versus um, Penn State. On the 30th, the Trans-Perfect Music City Bowl. That's in Nashville, Tennessee. Auburn against Maryland. On the same date, the Capital One Orange Bowl, Georgia versus Florida State. On the same date, the 30th of December, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl in Tucson, Arizona. It'll be Toledo versus Wyoming. Oh, boy. Now, on January the 1st, and you guess, I know you just can't wait, the, Rel- the, Le- the Relinquest Bowl. That'll be Wisconsin versus LSU in Tampa, Florida. The Verbal Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, that's Liberty versus Oregon. The Cheez-Its Citrus Bowl, Iowa versus Tennessee. The Rose Bowl game presented by Prudential. That'll be Alabama and Michigan. Oh, boy. And, of course, on that same day, the All-State Sugar Bowl. That would both of those games are before the Rose Bowl and the All State Sugar Bowl. Those are the semifinals for the championship of college football. Uh, Texas versus Washington, there, and of course, on the eighth, uh, on the Monday night, the college football playoff uh, championship game presented by AT&T. We don't know who's going to be played against, but it's going to be in Houston, Texas. And wait a minute, I'm not finished. On February the 1st, the East-West Shrine Game. The East versus the West in Fresco, Texas. You got them all, boys and girls. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell all of you here. And, yes, we did extend the show a little bit longer, but I know you needed to know. With that saying, next Sunday and the Sunday after that, that'll be Christmas Eve. And New Year's Eve, we will not be on the air. I'm going to take a special weekend off to celebrate the holidays and then some. 
However, we will be on the Wednesdays on that week there and possibility on a Thursday on that week with a short version of Butcher on Sports on both those particulars there. Then we'll catch up with you on the 8th. Not the 8th. It'll be, I think, the 7th of January. Okay, or whatever day it may be. We'll be back on that Sunday for another edition of Butch on Sports at its regular time on Sunday and Wednesday. So if you get the schedule, we will not be on next Sunday and New Year's Eve. We will not be on those days. We'll do shows both on those Wednesdays and maybe a possibility on a Friday there or Thursday. And if not, we'll do maybe a five-minute version. Hey, enjoy the holidays, boys and girls. We'll be back next Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, for another edition of Butcher on Sports. Butcher on Sports is a presentation of Oh My Darling Productions. Check out Butcher on Sports on Facebook, always on Facebook here. And you can't want to, don't want to do that and be bothered with Facebook. You can always go to my homepage at podomatic.com. Just type in S-I-M-P-L-Y-B-U-T-C-H-T-O-O dot podomatic.com. I enjoy your company this evening, boys and girls. Tell your friends about Butcher on Sports. We'll be back with another edition of this fine show for your dining and dancing pleasure on Wednesday evening here. Again, have a good beginning of the week, and we'll hopefully you'll check me out on Wednesday night on another edition of Butcher on Sports. <laughs>